Carrots are fine. It's I don't hate carrots. I don't. No, I mean no. I love carrots. I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack that. I don't like carrots anymore. I mean I like. So, uh, I'm gonna couch this in saying I don't I don't Mm. mind the flavor of carrots. Okay. But I don't like that carrots have been lying to us all these years. Oh, about like the whole makes your eyesight better and all that. Exactly. Exactly. We were told. We were promised. Nay, we were promised that uh, carrots eating carrots would would improve your eyesight, and that's just bullshit. And but then I'm thinking back, and I'm like, who promised me this? Oh, right. My I heard it from my parents, who are also like, take this homeopathic pill, the sugar pill, and put it under your tongue. It will solve seasickness. And then I'm just barfing sugar pills over the side of the boat. <laughs> it's like just rot candy. Like <laughs> reefs down. <laughs> yeah, like the South Pacific. I, I'm a kid and I don't know anything about medicine, but is it supposed to come in the shape of a necklace? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bite two pills off this necklace and you'll be cured of your seasickness. That's what they told me, and they were wrong. <laughs> Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. I ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Welcome back, Pop Saga Tears, to another exciting episode of the show that you probably have on in the background while you're doing something else. Today, we're introducing a new monthly show that we're calling the Pop Saga Poll List, where John and I dole out comic recommendations like hotcakes with a side of our house-made hot takes. Whether you're into comics already, or perhaps you're looking to get into them, let us be your guides. I'm Forrest, the founder and only member of the Ambush Bug fan club, and I am joined, as always, by Spajawan, the hellbound hero whose emerald powers should be finite, but as long as his comic keeps selling, he'll keep getting more. John, are you ready to talk about some funny books? Yes. Oh no, Spa, yes, Spa John, what are you Spa doing John here? John is here. <laughs> yes, Jason Wynn. I'm here to get revenge on you for that one time you you gave me spicy chicken. <laughs> but I just don't tr- touch touch my Grecian formula. <laughs> don't do it. I don't know what color hair dye this is, but it's not on any sort of chemical. Shoe polish black. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is pretty. It is. It is uh, pretty dark. I love uh, in that in that that movie in the movie Spawn. Mm. I love yes. Martin Sheen's uh, his heartburn acting when he's like getting hit that uh, <sighs> bomb put into him. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I shouldn't have ate Popeyes for dinner. <laughs> said no one ever. I know. Let's said not nobody fill ever. this place full of lies. Yeah, that's what you say when you eat KFC. Like, oh, why? The Colonel, you've done me wrong. Oh, Chipotle revenge. 
<laughs> yeah, Chipotle revenge is no joke. No joke. <laughs> so, John, I hear a little crinkly crinkle over there. Are you? Uh, is that a, a drink that we've heard, or are, are you uh, looking at comic books as we speak? It's, the, it's that when you is is have we, I outed you? Or are you actually reading comic books while we record this? Because it's so boring. Hold on, let me put my uh, my bookmark in place. Yes, of course. No, um, if you must know, I'm taking my uh, regimented pills. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot these these mics are a lot better than the old ones. Yeah, <laughs> good. I never picked oh that up before, but now. Speaking of which, I mean, we both sound great. I don't want to mm-hmm. toot our own little tutors over here, but I think we both sound fantastic. But man, I, I heard so much more of my throat sounds. I need to yeah, like you, back up on the mic. Yeah, you just need to find the good. You got to find the non-mucus like <laughs> sound. You know, like you know, yep. <laughs> no, that's pretty far back. You just got to be less mucus. I do have a drink though. Mm, what I, are you drinking this evening? So you know the the. Insta beverage cupboard is starting to get a little bare. It's been a little while since I refilled it up. So mainly beer. So I'm just drinking a Modelo. A Modelo. Because it's the only beer in the fridge. Well, that's not true. There are two real gross sounding ones. One's like a coffee stout that I don't want. And then the other one is some rank sounding peanut butter stout beer. And I'm like, who buys this? Uh, I beg your pardon? What's this now? It is a peanut butter stout beer. You know, mm. like when, you know, like when they have like those weird flavor sodas. You're like, this one tastes like horn, and this one yeah. tastes like you know. It has that kind of appearance on the can, but it's booze, and I'm like, I don't know when this was bought, who bought it. But this is going to be the one can that stays in that drawer for the the entirety of the next four to five years. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, it, it sort of reminds me of the time that I was trying out different uh, sort of flavored spirits, and I got a habanero-flavored infused uh, vodka from Whole Foods. Ugh. And it was the most foul thing uh, that I've ever put in my body. And we just finished talking about KFC and Chipotle. So <laughs> you can see my bar for foul things is pretty high. Uh, my favorite, which is not actually my favorite, but it's one of my favorite things I've ever done is uh, at the Wasteland Weekend drinking a a drink made at the atomic cafe uh when they had less standards i guess okay and it just was like uh uh ghost pepper vodka maybe a squirt of orange juice something sickeningly sweet but i can't tell you what it is like a cucumber uh sparkling water and something else but no uh, ice and everything uh, was warm oh i mean that we're coming to you live from the afterlife because of course we <laughs> john died after 
Drinking what sounds like uh what sounds like a cocktail they would only use on people that are being put to death by lethal injection. <laughs> I mean to be to be fair, that was a, a level of heartburn I was not ready for. Yeah, that's all the triggers right there. That's all the uh the heartburn triggers in one glass. God, that sounds bad. Yeah, well, did it at wor- least have a cool name? Uh no. No, no, no one was no one was calling this, you know, like death spike or, you know, the humongous pain or, you know, like anything like that. No, it was just like uh rando shit in a cup, but you don't pay for it, but you do pay for it. <laughs> Lord humongous is jock strip. Kind of. It's, <laughs> it's like we rub this up and down the Lord Humongous' job strap. And then we pull out any sort of water that's collated in his I mask. feel like I don't know, man. I think his jockstrap is just a full at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, that's all the dude wears. He wears a jockstrap, a harness, and some boots. Yeah, I'm telling he, you, it's hot out there. Free. Yep. It, all that, the, all the sweat just siphons down in there, and then you got yourself a nice cocktail. Hey, you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yep, and... sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. And I don't know why you've got to do this, but we'll <laughs> just take your word for it. Mm-hmm. I gotta, guys. You don't understand. Why, John? Why? <laughs> you gotta just do it. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, but we why, don't know. Though? You just gotta do it. When somebody. Oh, God, why am I drinking this? I'm going to put this out there to everybody out there. If somebody is doing something gross and weird, as long as it's not hurting somebody else, just assume that their family is held hostage somewhere and they've got to do it. <laughs> this is, got, they have an earpiece in, and there is a jigsaw-like killer who's just like, now drink the jockstrap juice. But I don't want to. I have your son right here. <laughs> Please, Daddy. Drink the juice. I don't Please. know, man. I don't know. You're not look at look at this, Carl. You're not really seeing this jockstrap, man. I don't know if I could do it, man. Oh wait, jockstrap? Never mind. Yeah, like here I, I come, be- God. <laughs> I mean, the center looks like a piece of beef jerky. I I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know why it's so crunchy there. I don't know. <laughs> I can't do it. Why is the rest of it so supple, but that one area is really, really just crispy? I don't I don't get it. Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway, we're canceled. See you later, folks. <laughs> we lost those two new downloads, so yep. Yeah, yeah, great. It's people I work with, so that'll be great. Um, it's funny. Hey, I had someone message me. They were like, I didn't know you did a podcast. I was like, yeah, 81 oh. and counting. <laughs> like, oh. And she was just like, you got a new subscriber. I said, we'll see for how long. So <laughs> <laughs> the only good comment. Have you listened I, to it yet? <laughs> no. Listen, mm. enough to, listen enough to the theme song. Hey, well, there you go. Because I sit there and said, hey, that's the best part of this whole show. Well, they got through the cold open, and that's you know that's all we can ask for. Uh, any one of our lovely fans out there, yeah, I can't I mean, tell you how much we appreciate you. Now tell a friend, or I will come to your house and do something nice. I don't know. I'm not yeah, in the maybe business. He's saying about it, so it's not going to be that nice. <laughs> Is that a rule? 
Yeah, well, you know, like if you're saying, like, come on, and you're just like, oh, you're not gonna do anything nice. You're gonna stab him in the back once the song's over. Oh, right. Yeah, it's leading up to something. Well, I mean, in musicals, sometimes you know, there, there's something nice in song, but yeah, you're right. With me, the way I look, you know, the way I sing, you know, there's something. There's a sinister edge there. You're not quite sure you can figure out what's he playing at. <laughs> Drinking his Pendleton whiskey. That's by the way, I forgot to mention that's what I'm drinking. A little Pendleton whiskey. Pendleton, it's brown. It's going down. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, everyone, you can tell when we do these shows really late at night. This um, <laughs> has got a real late night energy over here. Yeah, we get a little blue, a little blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, yeah. little crazy because we're just like day not over yet i gotta crawl in bed soon yeah well you know it's been a long day we both work very hard jobs and then at the end of the day we just gotta unwind somehow and what better way to unwind than to make or and or listen to an episode of pop which you are you are right now and I mean, I know I don't blame you if you forgot <laughs> or you, were, you thought you were just hearing two obnoxious dudes through your, the wall of your apartment. <laughs> Stop banging on the wall of your apartment. This is a podcast coming out of whatever you're listening to on your podcast on. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Our analytics are broken. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But, uh, you know, John, before we get started and jump into our subject today, which is talking about comics, I think we should talk a little bit about Book of Boba Fett, a little update. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, sure, but so I got a, I got a, you, you sent me a, a thing to play. So yes. The thing to play? Mm-hmm. Please play our new jingle. Are you sure now? <laughs> yep. All right, so now... Last thing, do I do I play it once or do I play it once when we start and then once when we end? Just once at the you start. Sure, you don't want to go. Well, okay, we'll see how it goes. It might need the bookend, but one more time. You sure I should play this jingle? Yes, please. Okay, I'm playing it now. Hum, dum, 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 dum. Is the show good or is it just dumb? That's right. Welcome to Bob Boys, the podcast within a podcast where we give a brief update on what we thought of Book of Boba Fett, the show that's on everybody's internet lips. Uh, yes. We're talking Spoilers about episodes. Yes. Spoilers abound. As for, Spoilers abound. As for uh, yes, as before, as always, uh, there will be spoilers about episode four of Book of Boba Fett, the most recent one that came out last week. Uh, do you remember the title to that one? Uh, yeah, it was called. Let me see. It's coming to me right now. If you just wait. <laughs> Ignore the typing sound. <laughs> if you hear it, if not, it means the keyboard's quieter. I'm almost there. I mean, it is on the tip of my tongue. On the tip of my tongue. <laughs> the gathering storm. Oh, there you go. The gathering storm. Episode four, season one. <laughs> 
<laughs> Will there be more? Season one uh, episode for The Gathering Storm, uh, Book of Boba Fett. John, uh, we know last episode was kind of a letdown. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh, slightly better than the last episode? Mm, yep, it's slight. Not I, I would say not the sort of high of episode two which i is still my favorite of the four so that we have seen so far but uh better than last episode hard to tell if that's because it is good or because the last episode was such a a bummer probably a little column a a little column b yep i think it might be a little column a a little column b yeah uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, no, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, baklava, column A, column B, yeah, Latin, yeah, it's good, it's good. It's, yeah, it's yeah, so, I mean, I think we, you pointed this out when we talked about it briefly earlier, but maybe the high point of this episode is, uh, it's got Thundercat in it. That's it, man, if you want badass bass lines, you go there. If you want terrible sounding electric Kanaka, I don't really know what that was called. You also go there and you put that over sick bass lines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, of uh you may out there may know uh Thundercat from his uh his terrific album. Uh I think it's called It Is What It Is. Yeah, it was very much it is what it is. Yeah, and uh and uh, I feel like that's sort of a, a spiritual uh, s- sort of sister to our uh, our unofficial motto, which is you get what you get. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that's pretty official. I've got more people in the house saying it every day. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's, it, it's, it's like this motto taking over the world where, you know, at least one house. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean that's a it's a good enough I mean it's one more house than it was uh, taken over before but uh yeah he's got a Borg arm he's got a he's as you pointed out very astutely he's got a battle droid arm that he switches out for a Borg arm and uh we now we know that Fennec Shand has a uh has a cyber tummy that that was done against her will <laughs> Well we knew she pretty... we knew, we knew she had that in Mandalorian season 2 they showed it Oh, did they? I don't remember yeah, that sh- part. They, they they show it when they all show up, and he's like, "I want my armor." You know, the Mando man was like, "You ain't a Mandalorian. Get out of here." Like, <laughs> no, I got this whole thing called a chain code, and you're like, "Whatever, dude. I don't give a shit what that is." Whoa, she's got a cybernetic stomach. Yeah. With okay. Tubes well, and pipes. Yeah, they showed it there. But I guess they had it. to tell us how she got it. That's that was an important thing we needed to know. Yeah. Did they? I, uh, yeah, no, no. They, the they answer, didn't, but they did. <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. No. I would have been fine to have having that just be a little mystery of Star Wars, but no, she, uh, yeah, that's, this is actually like the, the sort of the first crossover with the Mandalorian that the, the Bobfa has had, kind of, because it was a flashback and it was sort of like right after the fight between, uh, that happened, you know, the, on Mandalorian. Yeah, that cool ass uh, 
speeder bikes going out to go to Finnick, shooting the flares off the blinder from the scope. That uh, yeah, it was pretty badass. Yeah, it was. It was like when I saw that, I was like, oh, I should watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I kind of wish I was watching. <laughs> I was kind of wish I was watching that right now. I, well, I, I mean, it's yeah. like Mandalorian Junior. You know, it's like watching. Sure, yeah. Mandalorian, Mandalorian Jr. Yeah, it's like James Bond Junior. the uh, exactly. the cartoon that was on. It's like uh, yeah, it's Mandalorian's nephew that is uh, getting into all sorts of scrapes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, I so I one of the things I was kind of thinking about about this show uh, is that if this were a show that had nothing to do with Star Wars, I would have stopped watching. I think. Because I think in uh, just on the level of like, has it grabbed me with like interesting plot characters that I care about some sort of mystery or central, you know, theme of the season that I am, uh, that I'm tuning in each episode to find out what happens. It, none of that stuff exists. And I don't, and I don't know if it's like, this is the, the sort of criticism that gets leveled at the sequels, and I think to a certain extent the original Star Wars trilogy kind of suffered from this, but it's like there was no master plan going in. There's no Kevin Foggy at the um, the helm kind of like seeing 10 years out and, you know, planning these things as it goes along. I, I don't know if it's like this was just like, you know, everyone who comes in, there's like no show Bible. They're just like... You know, write a thing about Tatooine. What do you want to see Boba Fett do? This is like some just general guidelines. He's replaced Bob. Bo- he replaced Job of the Hut, and he wants something. Sometimes he wants revenge, and sometimes he's totally cool with getting attacked. I mean, I don't know. He's also totally cool with talking a lot, and um, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I heard a crazy rumor that Tamora Morrison is very much like, I shouldn't be talking this much. This is like, Boba Fett shouldn't be talking this much. Well, I mean, it's hard to say because the only time we've really had any experience with him, he said so few lines that you might as well not have said anything at all. So, you know, this instance, we're like, we're getting Boba. Normally, we were seeing Boba like on a Saturday, right? Real cool collective. But now we're getting Boba Monday through Friday. So we, you know, obviously need to talk and meet with people and shit. My main thing is I just don't get him wanting to be a crime boss. Yeah, they kind of, this episode, I think more than any of the other ones, felt like they were kind of doing a little bit of cleanup of the story or just like, a you know, adding justifications and reasons here and there and, and like trying to sort of coalesce all the the sort of disparate plot threads into something that, you know, we can sort of recognize and, and care about. But I think that, yeah, I think to your point, it's just like, it doesn't, his reasoning is just kind of like, really? It's like, Oh, you know, I've been a bounty hunter for a long time. How many times have you just been screwed over by someone's dumb decisions? I want to be making the dumb decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, so I get that impetus, but obviously it's because Mando's profession is a bounty hunter. So I'm pretty sure they didn't want to have two shows about people being bounty hunters. Yeah. They'd be which, like having like a back-to-back session of Dog the Bounty Hunter and then that other guy on Dog's team. But, you know, like having his own show. Where mm, it's like yeah. Double the bounty hunters. 
more ice heads. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, in this, sure. you know, in this instance, I mean, I get that. It's just, uh, it just, it's wildly inconsistent. This episode, I think, cemented this idea for me. It feels like this is like both both the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett feel like they are role playing game, like tabletop role playing game adventures, right? Yeah. Like, but and both of these modules were written by the same people, just different GMs. So you're getting wildly inconsistent stories. Like, you know, Mandalorian, everything's paced. Someone's really big fan of Kurosawa and a bunch of other, you know, Westerns and everything else and able to blend those styles really well. He's a really talented uh, GM. And then the other guy is just like, I don't know. You want to put a rabbit robot in there for him to chase around in a kitchen? Yeah, that'll be fun. (laughs) That part was, I mean, that part was kind of, was Star Wars-y in a way that I think I was, was it? I enjoyed. It was, was like, it? A, yeah, it's a goofy robot, and then he kills himself at the end. I was like, whoa, this got rugged. Opens yeah. up a little hatch and turns himself off. I'm like, well, that's, I don't know if I wanted to see that, but I mean, well, I- sorry, I should say. Star Wars in the special editions prequel sense, not necessarily the sort of traditional Star Wars. Thank you. Because, yeah, this doesn't feel like Star Wars I'm used to. And I think that's part of the problem is that it's like a blending of styles and opinions and where certain people are at with their life and age, you know, and so kind of things that they're interested in and like what they think is badass versus what isn't badass. You know, like the the main criticism with this show is just like Boba Fett's not kicking enough ass, which, you know, I'd like to see him be feared enough in the show to understand why that robot turned, why that droid turned himself off. Yeah. Right? Cause he's like, <laughs> do you know who I am? The robot's like, Boo, and you're like, yeah, that's cool. Except the character that I've seen in the last couple episodes doesn't warrant that type of response. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe ears down, like, and then you know, saunter off or whatever. Not well. This is flashback Boba Fett. This is not now. Does not uh, very little Boba Fett. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just looking at what he's done during the flashbacks versus now, mm, I, I still stand by my statement. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think. I, I, I liked the I liked the part with uh, Brian Cranston and the Tranishan. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Like, I'm thinking you you might get your Dengar wish after all. Oh my God, where do you think so? <laughs> I'm hoping so because it's you know he's like what? Oh, I'm pulling the crew back together. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so, that just means the Mandalorian's coming back. I mean, no, they, I th- no, I think you I think you're going to get a lot. Oh man! If I get Dangar back, I mean, all is forgiven. Yeah, I think Dangar. I'm gonna. This is my wild prediction, John's wild prediction for Bapha. Dangar's coming. Man, if Dangar, that's like my one Christmas wish upon a star wish. Like I wanna, I want to get. Uh, you know, I, and I. Here's the thing, though. They could easily screw this up because if his mm. outfit doesn't look like toilet paper 
and uh, some armor they found in the prop closet, I am going to be very upset. I want, I want, uh, I want a lazy mummy costume thing. Oh, you know they're going to do it. I mean, look how faithfully recreated Jabba the Hutt's palace is. That's true. Yeah, they, you're, you're get you're getting you're getting mummy mustard stain Vanguard. Oh please, I can't yeah, you're wait. Getting it. You're getting it. I'm calling it now. Like I'm Babe Ruth in this shit. Okay, Vanguard showing up because we know I mean, the Mando is coming back because they they played his sting very obviously at the end of the episode, which they was like it twice. Uh, yeah, I was like really excited. I was like, cool, cool. <laughs> Here comes the Mando. <laughs> Somebody who can do something. <laughs> I was like, where is he? Where is he? Is he coming? Is he in this episode? Wait, how many more minutes? Oh, it's over? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he better be in the next one. I was pretty disappointed. I mean, for me, this episode was all about Fennec. You know, you get to see Fennec be a badass in the more, like, you know, your standard movie badassery, but I'll take it. I'll take anything with Ming-Na Wen being a badass. And then his revenge tour, um, which for a minute I was like, yeah, this is badass. But then the second half I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yep. Like when he's going after those bikers, he's just blowing them all up. I was like, there you go. Why the fuck not? But then to go to the Sarlacc pit. And I was like, when he showed up, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking funny. He's going to just fly over, drop a seismic charge in his mouth, take off, because this is his revenge tour. And I was like, no, he's looking for his armor. Like, yeah, doesn't he know he had it when he came out? Like, they don't really, exp- like, he doesn't, he's not like, oh, oh, I crawled out of the, <laughs> I crawled out of the Sonic. And then the, I'm sure he took Mama back as revenge. <laughs> Just how like do you, he, how do you, he was conscious when he came out of there. He knew he had you, his armor on. How do you climb up out of a helmet? Yeah. <laughs> I like, like pretty much almost everything. Like, and he was lucid when the Jawas were taking it. Yeah. So, like, if anything. I would have had the scene. He kills all the bikers. And they, they give them that look like, yeah, I approve. Then we do a tour where he flies over the Sarlacc, drops a seismic charge and blows up. And then all we do is we see him talking to, he finds the Jawas and they're like, we sold it to someone. Yeah. We he shakes him down. He, and he, he, they point him to Timothy Oliphant. That's it. I'm done. You're done. And then when, Maybe you go over and we see the side view of what they were doing in that awesome episode. And then he realizes, oh no, that guy has my armor. And that's it. Or he already knew. You just go back to the scene where you just see him looking at fucking the Razor Crest bombing off and him going, you got my armor. And then that's it. And you didn't need to do that. You could have still had them killing the Sarlacc pit. And it would have been fine. The fact that he's like flying forward, you know, like into it, it looks so dumb. It. It and then he's like, look- "Of course, it gets you. You're right there." Yeah, I just, I just, I just wasn't feeling that. Um, I mean, it is. I, I think overall, it's a better episode than episode three. Um, I mean, we, you know, like you said, we got the mods, but they showed them at night which makes them better. It looked a than lot better. The day. 
Yeah. Even, they, even their mods were better. Like the people they showed were very disturbing. I didn't like the. I didn't really care for the music and the aesthetics inside the mod thing. It, maybe it's just because I. I'm replaying Cyberpunk on PC, and I'm very much in that world. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's much better than consoles, so don't be too sorry. But mm-hmm. uh, but it was definitely very. It felt out of place, and, I, and I, that's not a new thought or anything. But man, w- did it feel weird? And you know, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately, so the Borg arm, I was immediately like, "All right, cool, Resistance is futile, right, Thundercat." <laughs> Jesus, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The, I, I, I would all this would be forgiven if I had a, a single reason to be invested in 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 what he's doing. But I just don't. I'm not sure. Is it revenge for the Sand People? Is it? Uh, is he just want to retire? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing. I'm, I'm not. It's just not pulling me in. I'm the only reason I'm I, tuning in is because it's Star Wars and it's about Boba Fett. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, I think that's all you need. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna need to see the whole picture, but this also should be a cautionary tale for those who are all up on everything and hoping for the best. That sometimes what you like might not end up being what you think it should be. Yeah, and I want to make it clear, I'm not in the camp that are like, I've seen so many people taking a shit on the show because Boba Fett is, they see him as weak, and I don't get that at all. They're like, he's not strong at all, and he never puts his helmet on, I hate this show! And I, I don't, I mean, whatever, I don't know why I'm making fun of people for having a different opinion than I do, but I just, like, that is, that's the least of this show's problems. Yeah, it's not that isn't that doesn't perturb me that much. I think it's just overall pacing and motivation is hard to understand because one we don't have the full picture yet, but two just from what we knew about him just movies as well. He just didn't strike me as a guy who had aspirations of being upper management. That's all I'm just gonna say. Like he just right. like, I'm gonna be a badass. I'm gonna fly around. I'm gonna shoot some people. I'm gonna tattle on some people, and I'm gonna get big paydays. That's what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm all about the money and looking cool. Yeah. And you know this one's like you know no I think I can be manager. Um, I have the skills. I'm a people person. Um, <laughs> I'm great know, with numbers. Um, really good. Like I didn't even ask my droid. Like, give me the breakdown of all the different <laughs> gangs for like a month, two. I don't. I don't know how long I've been there since the <laughs> end. <laughs> it's so hard to tell. They get, get the fucking breakdown. The only, the only other thing I was sorta of confused on was I was like, wait, were you saying he was in this? Because. Mando takes place six years after Return of the Jedi. So are you telling me he was in the Sarlacc pit for five years? Or he got out relatively quickly and then he was with the Tuscan for five years? He the must have. Reason, there's no way he was in there for six years. Well, I agree with you. But there was something in this episode that made me go like, I'm making out like that dude was in there for a long time. And a lot longer than we thought think yeah so it was 
maybe like a month or something or I don't know. Like, no mother, you ain't living no fucking no water. <laughs> yeah. that, ain't no, that ain't no still suit. <laughs> he ain't drinking his own pee. That's true. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe a week know. he was in there, and then he just spent like four years with the Tuscans, and that's just kind of the the, the things that we don't see. But I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I also thought it was kind of corny that like the flashbacks like kind of caught up to modern day just as he got out of like his back to tank uh, regiment was done. I'm like, that's awful nice of those dreams you've those back to dreams you've been having to sort of wrap up in a nice bow when the the you know the the doctor robot comes out and is just like you're done. Well, you know, it's very much like, you know, the Arrow, when they stop the flashbacks. Right, that's when you know the season's over. You know, the season's over, it's it, it's done. We we ran out of ideas. Uh, (laughs) I think the thing is that, that's, I don't, I mind that less because they don't have this weird framing device. Like, every time he goes into the back-to-tank, we get this weird green filter over everything, and then it goes back to the past. So it's like, they're literally saying... In the fiction of the show, he is re- dreaming of these things, and it's just funny that he dreams of him in chunks that allow it to, to be just finishing up right when he was finished. He had no idea that was his last one. The droid had to tell him, but it just happened to to work out that way. Hey, man, maybe he's like one of those power dreamers. Like he's like, I know how to dream. It's lucid dreaming. <laughs> he's yeah, just, he's just like, I I can dream with the best of them. I want to go, go back and remember this part of my life. Forget about all the super interesting parts. <laughs> Between the between uh, Empire Strikes Back and uh, now, uh, nah. What? It just be his ass just sitting in Jabba's palace, going like, you know, he must have done other stuff after he turned Han Solo in. No, he was just. I mean, why was he there? Again, like I mean, look, we've said it. He's on retainer. We've said it before. Being a bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe is way different than what we know what bounty hunting is. Yeah, but that's true. It's a pretty lucrative fucking business. He just goes back to Camino, and they feel obligated to give him a room. Oh, 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 Boba! Hi! Didn't expect to see. Oh, your old room, huh? Well, it was kind of. Restoring a lot of clone bodies in there, but um, sure. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're making clones of the Emperor now. Don't ask about it. He's gonna. Uh, he's got. There's a lot of bad ones. <laughs> uh, uh, spoilers here. <laughs> we got a uh, lot. Of, we got a uh, lot of. We got a lot of. Uh, we got a lot of Snoke's in there. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, spo- spoilers here. Camino don't exist no more. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Well, I mean, they've, you know, the Empire blew up all the cloning facilities on Camino, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they got one. They missed one. They're always missing stuff. I don't know. <laughs> they blew up a lot, and we never seen anything other than just that one you know, island. I don't really know what you call buildings on stilts and water, but. Yeah, that one. Was the only one of them. Cloning oil rig. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. yes, but uh, you know, they the, the Empire was unable to find Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he was in Vader's old hometown, so you never know. You never know. They're not exactly known for their That's thoroughness. Fair. That's fair. Uh, 
Should we wrap up Bobfoot talk? Yep, I think that'll be that'll take a, that'll be a, a, it for us today. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to Bobfa Boys, the podcast within a podcast where we tell you about what we thought about the series Boba Fett. The show that is on the internet's lips. That's right. I'm going to keep saying it. Um, hum da dum 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 Is the show good or is it just dumb? They could go for our show, too. That's fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, let's get down to brass tacks or brass comics. I don't know. That's not a thing, but let's just do it anyway. Okay, sounds good. Um, So as I said before, this is our poll list for the... uh, We're going to... I mean, I guess we're going to go back a little farther than January this time because this is our first show. Um, But we're going to be making some... We're going to be judging some books, telling you about what we read, and uh, making some recommendations. So... You know, if you are looking to get into comics or you're just looking to find some good comics to read because you haven't read in a while, then this is uh, this is going to be a good show for you. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's at the top, fa- John... F- yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say, this is one of my favorite subjects, and shit, it's in our theme song. That's right. We need to, we need to pay more uh, attention to books, and that's what we're doing. Uh, because you know us, we are... We are men of um, suspect intellect, and we we like books with pictures, my dear friend. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a confession to make right at the top. I am old, I suppose, or I'm getting old mm-hmm. to the point where technology is not making sense to me anymore, because I can't figure out how to buy individual DC comics on any sort of app anymore. So either I have to be subscribed to DDC Unlimited or nothing at all. Yeah, well, I mean, you should be able to pick up most of them on Comixology. Yeah, because I was looking for some of the newer DC books on Comixology, and I think, that, I, I don't know if they had, do they have all of them? I, I was struggling to find some of them. Well, so I, so, all right, well, confession time already. Oh, boy. I, I use Comixology mainly for their, for the Unlimited app where I read past books. That's a good deal. So, usually what I do, uh, for the most part, I do go to, I try to go to comic book shop once a month, sometimes it's like, you know, three months, and then, like, I'm coming back with a fat stack of comics, which is really cool, but then it's like, whoa, I spent a lot of money on yeah. um <laughs> Nothing like seeing that stack to really, the numbers start adding up in your head, you're like, whoa. Yeah, but usually it's like, I go look for trades, um, single issues, if they are low enough number count, so, like, if I got in at one or two or something like that, I'll try to stick with a single issue for the initial story run, whatever that might be. Um, with On Comixology, like I said, I use it mainly for the Unlimited app, or if they have sales on graphic novels. Um, I'm not really into buying sing- single issues on mm, Comixology, yeah. just because at this point I would rather wait for it to be collected. That makes sense. Um, since they don't offer anything so all the ones i'm going to be talking about today um i actually got a comic book store so there you go that's um, fantastic that's a real that is a honest to goodness pull list right there 
Yeah, it's uh, all right. Another confessions time. I've never actually set up a pull list. No, me neither. It's it's fiction to me. But I, you know, I grew up in a real small town and never really had a local comic shop. The lo- the mm. closest comic shop to me was uh, forty five minutes away by car. And uh, I did not learn how to drive until I was in my 20s, so that was not taking any trips to the comic shop, uh, you know, except very rarely, so I didn't really have, and I didn't really have a job, so I didn't have money to, to even pay for a pull list, but for those of you out there who are curious, a pull list is a list of comics that you give a comic store when the new issues come in that they will hold for you, that you buy. Yeah, for me, it just felt like homework. Yeah. Like, I had, like, there's enough comics where I'm, well, actually back then, probably not nearly as many comics as there are now, but, like, I'd be like, which, what am I reading again? And then you, you gotta check off a list, and then you gotta go, and if you don't, they call you, and be like, hey, John, you didn't pick up your comics, you can come by and pick them up, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick them up, I promise, I promise, maybe you didn't get paid that week. And then, like, you get hounded again, and again, it got to the point where it's like, hmm. I can just come in and hopefully find my comics there. But I think since we will be doing this monthly for as long as we decide to do it monthly, yeah, but as long as we want, I will probably set up a, an actual pull list, probably not with any of the comic books I have here. Um, but you know, we'll, 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 I'll pick some winners. I'll pick some winners. For that. Fantastic. Yeah. I think this will kind of, uh, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to do a show like this is a, to sort of get me back into comics. I've been, haven't read for a while and, uh, and, uh, B the, it's like a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a selfish thing. Cause now I can hear your recommendations. <laughs> Go read those. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I um, yeah, I notice I have, I have very interesting habits when I buy comics. I definitely favor one publisher over the other. Oh yeah, mine's gonna be completely one sided this time because, like I said, I buy I do mostly apps for mine, and I could not figure out how to make the DC app do its thing because I downloaded the unlimited thing, and I was like, oh, cool. I really because I really want to check out the new Batman run because that you know this about me. One of my favorite things is, you know, different versions of the same hero. I love when they do just different people playing, you know, taking up the mantle. And uh, and the new Batman run looks really interesting. Uh, but oh, I got uh, a really, I got a really good one for you then. Oh goody! I cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I was not. I was like, I'm not paying seventy five dollars for a year for this, even yeah. though that's probably a pretty good deal. But if you were to get comics as they were coming out, sure. If you're just getting access to comics that came out six months and later, then you really just have to figure where that, you know, where the, where the value lies there. Right, because yeah. Like if you're willing to, if it's a great back catalog and you're willing to pull through them, then sure, 75 bucks divided by 12 is not too bad, but... When you start running into like, oh shit, I want to read what the kids are reading now, and you got to wait until the middle of the month when you could have just, or the middle of the year when you could have just gone to a comic book store and bought the trade at that point to read the same. You know, it's it's just yeah. I you know I think I got to find some place near me. I'm sure there's somewhere within driving distance 
up in Bellevue, maybe there's there's lots of nerds up there. <laughs> direct me, me <laughs> direct me to your uh, your comic book stores, guys who work at Microsoft. Um, please, please, <laughs> what? Why? Oh, wow! Okay, they called security. I got to get out of here. <laughs> um. Uh, that's fantastic. So let's, uh, it sounds like you got a lot of good recommendations. I don't actually have that many for this first month. So why don't we start with yours? Why don't you hit me up with one and then I'll give you, uh, I'll give you one of mine. Sure. So this one is from Image Comics. Ooh. Um, I saw it and it was written by, uh, Busiak and uh, drawn by, hold on, let me get his, let me get his first name. Kurt Busiek and Carlos Pacheo. It's called Aerosmith Behind Enemy Lines. Okay. <laughs> I'm into it. What are we talking about? So it is a... It's kind of like... How do I put it? It is a 19... It's like a World War One, Not our world, but not too dissimilar. Where... It takes place during World War One, but there is magic in the world. Okay. And, um, you know, we're still fighting the Prussians and stuff, uh, but battles are fought with uh, troops that use small dragons that uh, they can actually do certain magic spells that will then bestow those properties to the troops. So, like, they'll have a dragon on their shoulder, and then they'll... Uh, share the power of flight from that dragon so then they could fly okay and then like but they could also they have other spells like in this one instance uh the the main hero got hit by a like you know firebolt pretty much and he was free falling and he was able to do a spell where he tapped into the scarf he was wearing and he turned himself the spell switch the properties to him weighing as much as the scarf so he could float on okay. down so he didn't crash. All right. And I mean, so I was for certain that this was starring the band Aerosmith. <laughs> no, no, no. Arrow spelled A-R-R-O-W. Okay. I thought this was like the, revolu- like the video game Revolution X where we were going to get like a dream on! World War II! Magic powers! <laughs> I mean, that would have been cool, but not as cool as this. Okay, well, that it, sounds great, actually. Yeah, like, here's the... There's going to be Volume 1 coming out. I was I was able to find Issue 1, so I picked that up, and I, I just because I saw it on the Comixology app, and I was like, I'm not paying for that, but <laughs> I'll buy it if I see it, because I'm a big fan of Astro City. So it was very easy to say I could pick this up. Um, the tagline here, they taught him a few spells, issued him a dragon, and sent him to war. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was a lot a lot of fun. They had a giant troll in there, and they got into a bar brawl. Um, but the main thing with the character is, spoilers, spoilers, um, he's behind enemy lines on purpose because he's going to meet with the trolls over there to work with them to fight the Prussians behind enemy lines. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Fun book. Fun book. Yeah, that does sound actually really good. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So I have been into, uh, more recently, I've been reading a lot of genre comics or comics that are kind of based on properties. So the first one I have for you, and I don't know if I'm recommending this one necessarily, but uh, what I've been reading this month is the Marvel Comics Alien Run, because of course they bought Fox and they got both of those properties. And mm-hmm. so they've been putting out some fairly surprisingly gory alien uh, uh, comics. Um, okay. So this run, or at least the first arc, is uh, by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And the penciler is Salvador La Roca. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, To be honest, I don't know... I'm at a weird place with the Alien franchise in general. I don't know what needs to happen to get me interested in a movie. And part of me thinks that maybe it peaked with Aliens and or Alien and Aliens as a pair. And then we should just maybe move on. I don't, I don't know if it's there's maybe there's just no more fruit left on that tree or what. But this kind of has suffers from a similar thing. It's an interesting story. It's it's a story about a son and a father and some some weird alien, alien. shit. Yeah, on a space mm. station. So that's kind of traditional alien stuff that you like to see. Um, but I think maybe the what is the most interesting thing and what kind of gives me hope for the series going forward because I I'll admit that I wasn't super engaged in that first arc, but where they're going with it is uh, they're going to just do a bunch of mini arcs. Cause like, you know, after the first arc, spoiler alert, like there's no one left. I mean, the much true to alien form people die. A lot of people die. So there's not much, mm. you can't just keep going on with the, those characters. So it makes sense. But, uh, they just started the second arc. And so I've been reading a little bit of that this month and it is, uh, it's about a, uh, an alien infestation on a, like a remote farming, sort of a rural farming colony, which again, it's sort of different and interesting has that very, you know, the, uh, those, uh, the novels that would come out, uh, back in the day, the paperbacks and when, what have you, it mm-hmm. has that kind of feeling to it. Which I appreciate, and I like that they're not shying away from the gore, even for Marvel Comics. So it's it's interesting. I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it, but I don't know if I would I don't know if I would pick that up unless you're like a huge Alien fan and are looking to you know and are just kind of starved for content. I mean, to be honest, I think I'm in the camp that you mentioned earlier, where I'm just like, you got the two good movies, and that's it. Um. It just feels like it's just one of those properties that everything feels derivative from those. So it's very hard to make it compelling or that much different because you're not, you know, like the antagonists are just, you know, fairly mindless. So it's not like, you know, it's not like they're being nefariously evil. They are just what they are. If if they did like aliens, but it somehow was like Starship Troopers, then maybe we're a little more organized, or you know, like there's a super supreme conscious that you would you, we should be f- feared about. Where then you could have different stories, but like even everything you described reminded me of those books, where it's like yes, on a farming colony somewhere else, and you're like, oh, all right, yeah, they have this. They've taken, like, one of Giger's designs that wasn't actually used in the movie, 
uh, in any of the movies. And they've created a new... I won't go too much into it in case people are interested and they want to check it out for themselves. But they've created a new sort of existential big bad based on one of these designs. And it... There... It has the potential to be interesting. In the first arc, they they introduce this thing and they kind of hint at what it could be, and then f- from there they kind of you know I don't know they they're they're not like the second arc has not delved into it as of yet, so it's hard to say kind of where they're going with it and and you know what they're trying to do, but I don't know uh, if you're really into it give it a chance if not if you're in the kind of camp that i think john and i are sort of in i think that you can kind of skip it for now wait till it comes out on you know on sale in volumes and and see what people think about it when the story is told there you go that's 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 exactly why i use comiXology mm-hmm. it's like a lot of times there's like a bunch of books that maybe i'd wouldn't normally pick up but oh here's the trade i'll read that and see what it's like and if I don't like it, remove from iPad. If yep. I do like it, do they have volume two? Do they have volume three? <laughs> and in certain instances, uh, like if I like something, I'll buy the series that have the trades in my house. Just that's how much I enjoy it. So I think that sounds like sound advice for that one. Yep. <laughs> so why don't you hit me up uh, with another one that you were enjoying this month? Yeah, so I had to check it out. You even named me after Spool. What, what you call me? Sploosh? What was <laughs> no. What you call me? No, oh, no, we're not going back Solange? to that one. <laughs> Spajon. Spajon, that's it. Yeah, so I went back to that well because I saw that they had one called The Scorched. And it had a okay. She Spawn on it. Okay. And I was like, well, what is this? And uh, this was uh, written by Sean Lewis, art by Steven Segovia and Paulo Sequeira. Um, also, additional dialogue by Todd McFarlane. Uh, I couldn't tell you what he wrote, but it is, for lack of a better term, the um, the Avengers of Spawn universe. Oh, They're cool. all just different spawns. So all they right. have gunslinger spawn medieval spawn uh i don't know if she's called she spawn or hell spawn i don't know she spawn redeemer and then like other spawn i think is or spawn we know is king spawn but he doesn't hang out with this team he's like they all work for me now (laughs) and it's them fighting evil wolves and wolf dudes and monsters and then for some strange reason they ended up in russia okay and then they're fighting other radioactive wolf dudes and then there's a giant military that's about to blow them all up that's where the issue ended and uh to be honest i won't be able to tell you what happens in issue two because i think i'm good with this Uh, one to spawn too many sounds like yeah i mean it's it's um bloody and uh you know fairly gory and there's cussing in it and 
Uh, the one, the, the initial artist was okay. This, the, the, the guy who drew the Russian half, I, I can't tell you who drew what, cause it doesn't split out who did which of the stories in there. I think that guy has a closer to Todd McFarlane style. However you feel about him. I grew up with Todd McFarlane. So, and you know, I, I read a lot of spawn, so I'm good with it. Um, it was an okay story. Like. I, I have the King Spawn comic, but I did not read it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I just like, I remember I bought it. I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> 10 years later. Well, it's like I put it in my little long box storage here. And once it goes in that closet, it's not coming back. Out. It's we're never heard from again. Yeah. Unless, uh, yeah, unless someone's like, dude, did you get King Spawn number one? It's worth $2 billion. Then I'll go through my closet. But if it's not worth anything more than that, it can stay there. So, okay. Well, that's a pretty high uh, bar. <laughs> Dude, sorry, so this, King Spawn. I don't think you're going to make it. And also, here's the thing. They named themselves the Scorched. There you go. That's why it's called the Scorched. That's the name of the team. <sighs> yeah, because yeah, they're all burnt. Thing. Yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all I can yeah. think of is the guy from Game of Thrones who was in like the second uh, Maze Runner movie. I remember when they had the trailers for that, and he was just like, you don't go into the Scorch. <laughs> he was always talking about the Scorch. It's like a, so they call it the desert with all the zombies in it in that movie, apparently. <laughs> You're going to go into the Scorch. Avoid the Scorch. It's a maze of Scorch. It's like, we, we, yeah, okay. we stopped. I mean, look, they were maze runners at the start, but now it's just a desert with zombies in it. Please don't be mad. There's no more mazes. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've run out of them. Maze run out of. You know how much it costs? There were huge mazes we set up just to test the children to, to bring us a cure for the scorch. Aw, oh, jeez. Um... Okay, well, that doesn't sound... That, that comic does not sound good. Uh, Don't worry, I got, I got some winners. Okay. I got some winners, for That's sure. That's good. Fantastic. Uh, In fact, I got... I think I have two that I could talk you into. Maybe even three that I can talk you in. Okay. Well, I only have... <laughs> I only have, like, two more books to talk about, so that it'll just be... After these uh, these next few, it'll be the Don, John show. Uh, the just spawn. Uh, Spajon? Whatever. <laughs> Spalooge show. Got it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, next up for me is, uh, another, uh, comic based on a property. Like I said, I've been into doing that. And, uh, you know, we've been watching Bob F, seeing a lot of, uh, you know, reheated, rewarmed, uh, Star Wars concepts flying at, flying at us. And, um, so I wanted to check out some some different, some original, some other Star Wars. So I, I started reading the High Republic tie-in comics because that's a whole that's a whole thing that Disney's doing. They're doing books and they're doing comics and I guess that's it. But books and comics uh, together to make like a new sort of uh, storyline that's all theirs. This is all original stuff, and again. Because Star Wars has like a weird penchant for just looking backwards constantly. It's set a thousand years before the you know the the original movies, so they're just mm -hmm. like we're going way back. So we're kind of out of the way of the rest of Star Wars. 
again, I wish they would just go forward. I wish they would show us, show us some stuff in the sequel timeline or, you know, I don't know, past that. I don't care. But uh, whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's due, so I'm into it. So I started reading that. I'm about four issues in to that run. So you can see I'm not necessarily just picking individual books, but I'm just getting, like, multiple copies of one arc. And uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I uh, I'm not really much like Bob. F. I'm not. There's. It hasn't really given me a reason to be hooked. Although there is the relationships. I will say are more developed and interesting. They fight a big old plant monster in the first arc, and there's a uh, there's a, a pair of like uh, kind of an interesting spin on the whole force dyad concept that was introduced in the sequels. There's a, like a, a pair of twins that are both force sensitive and like they need to be around each other or they go crazy, which is pretty cool. Um, and there's a Trandoshan uh, Jedi, oh, okay. which is fun. And uh, his name is Skier, which is fun, I guess, Zoom as type. well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Does and- this one feature uh, uh, mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He makes an appearance. Not yet. Although yeah, he may have been in a, like a kind of like in one of the issues uh, as a secondary character, but yeah, a young spry Yoda looking very not different than he ever has is uh, is in this in this one. But yeah, it's good. I don't, I don't know. I I think again, I think you have to be really into Star Wars to check it out. But uh, if if you kind of like your Star Wars with more of a fantasy bent. Uh, mm-hmm. the kind of more feeling like a little bit like, uh, you know, like maybe you mix a little D and D with your star Wars. Uh, that's kind of uh, more, more what it feels like. And it's, uh, it's good. It's got, uh, it's got some interesting concepts that I'm interested to see where they take them. And it has the idea of like a Jedi space station that is acting as a beacon in the night because this ah, is, I get it. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're 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 big, you know. The fact that you've been taking a trip down, you know, Babylon Five Lane. Yeah, you're really interested in space stations. I'm, I'm in. I gotta get more space stations. You're trying to get your fixes in. You know, Deep Space Nine's not cutting it anymore. I've watched and it too was, many times, and now exactly, I'm exactly. So now I'm hanging out like, with Garibaldi and his exactly. uh, spray on hair. Yeah, hey man, hair in a can in the future is pretty uh, pretty cool and. Yeah, I get it now. I, I've walked under a, uh, I've walked under a a bright overhead light and, and seen the horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, my plugs, the shadows, um, bring the shadows back. <laughs> no, you don't want the shadows. Yes, we do. In this case, we really, we we really need them. Always um, keep my hair it's cloaked in shadow. Yeah, but uh, well, I know I I love. Um, the Star Wars comics. I mean, I was a big fan of the Old Republic originally. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. Knights of the Old Republic. Not Knights of the Old Republic. The Old Republic. Uh, the comics, yeah. Uh, comics from uh, Dark Horse. And then even on the. Uh, I, I, f- I feel like we should be sponsored by Cosmicology, or mm. I should be. <laughs> yeah, you should. Well, is uh, because they have a lot of the Star Wars Marvel books on there. So I'm hoping one day they get that. Um, Knights of the High Republic, or whatever, the, or the High, the 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 Crack Republic. What's it? What's it called? High 
I Republic. High Republic. Yep. High Republic. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to be collected and I can read it. I'll check it out. The Golden so. Age of the Jedi. Check it out. You know, back before they were just like a bunch of lazy old farts who were being like, I don't know, there's not been a Sith in so long. I don't care. That's any uh, before that? Any cool lightsaber designs, like ones that shoot bolos out of them, or uh, <laughs> you know, like tri-bladed or something? We get some. We get some cool stuff. We get like uh, we get a we get a lightsaber with a proper cross guard, not a light cross guard. So it has like uh, you know some filigrees on it. Feels very sword like. Um, we get like uh, mm. one of those uh, lightsabers, like uh, evil dark ray is wielding. You know the switchblade lightsaber. We get some of that action in there, um, and lots of fun colors for the lightsabers back uh, in this time too. So, if you're in for if you're uh, in for a cornucopia of uh, multicolored lightsabers, this is uh, this is the one for you. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, worth checking out if you're into Star Wars. If you're not, don't bother. Who cares? Uh, what do you got? All right. So for me, I went to the other big company, DC. So the rest of my comics will be DC. Oh, brilliant. Um, so I'm up to issue two. The first issue came out, I think, last month. Yeah, I think in December. And this is Bat Girls. Cool. Bat Girls. Um, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, art by Jorge Corona, and it features uh, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown, both as Batgirl, mm-hmm. um, being uh, with Oracle, helping them out. Uh, it seems like I didn't get the last series and what was impacted. It's part of the, I think, part of the future state stuff. But the uh, clock tower where Barbara Gorn operate out of exploded. Right, um, like, You know, like it's want to do. And uh, both Batgirls were blamed for the explosion. And since, like, vigilantism is outlawed in Gotham City, they've had to kind of go a little low tech because there's, like, a, I guess, uh, I think his name's Seer. Think of him kind of like an anti oracle. Okay. Also, really high tech and all this stuff. So they've gone kind of low tech, you know, with um, walkie talkies and really not a lot of the bat gadgery you normally do. Um, and they're kind of setting up Oracle's network back in Gotham by putting up antennas and stuff. And, you know, you're just get, kind of getting the quirkiness, but, you know, the differences between Cassandra Kane, who, you know, was raised a hired death killer. And Stephanie Brown, whose dad was, like, sportsmaster and all this stuff. So, you know, both kind of had a, a, I believe, yeah, I think, yeah, I think sportsmaster. If not, I might be wrong. Whatever. They're both raised with kind of, like, villainous family members. And, you know, it's just kind of cool to see them come together. The art style is really fun and energetic. Um... Some pretty cool action. It kind of has like a knee, I would call it like a Neo's 90 feel to it. And they're just kind of finding, they're, they're just kind of rounding out some of the antagonists. Like I mentioned, there's the um, Seer, who's kind of like the main one. There's this group called the Saints, which are a former part of the Magistrate that was uh, protecting Gotham from Batman and other vigilantes. And they all seem like kind of fucked up and shit. 
there's a whole serial killer subplot where maybe their next door neighbor is a serial killer leaving bodies in dumpsters. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they, they each have their own personality for wanting to do different things. And it's, it's just fun. It's just a fun, it's a fun read. Um, it's a lot kinder and gentler. So I was kind of happy to see that even given the gruesome material that's all about, um, cause their attitude toward each other are really good. And then, oh, there's this whole, what's his name? Rise is another subplot where this guy is like mind controlling people. He's think of him kind of like the, uh, an evil or depending on how you view Banksy, Banksy, but he's kind of <laughs> like evil Banksy. Okay. Well, that yeah, does, but, I mean, that does sound really good. Yeah. Both fun issues. Like I said, both drawn well, it's a different style, but fun kinetic. The writing is really, again, it's a lot of fun. And this version of Cassandra Kane at this point, you know, can talk. So there's not a lot of like panels of her just doing or looking like she's saying nothing. In this instance, she's expressing herself and still good to see her whoop ass. So there you go. Bat girls. Bat, Bat girls. girls. I would recommend that one. That sounds, yeah, that does sound really good. Uh, always good. I mean, the bat family is always so interesting. You're pretty much guaranteed. You can pick up a bat family adjacent book. You're going to have some fun. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I go into a comic book store and how many different Batman comic books I'm coming out with, you know, I'm just like, Oh wow. I guess I was like, there's four in this bundle or there's five. (laughs) And I'm like, I should really read something else. And then I realize (laughs) I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. What do I read? Blue Beetle? No thanks. Well, I would, but it would have to be like Ted Cord Blue Beetle, not Jaime Reyes. You give me Jaime Reyes, I'm like, whatever, that's fine. I, I need my old school Blue Beetle. Oh yeah, I want I want uh, Renfair Blue Beetle. <laughs> dude looks oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, that dude is. Give me give me original Blue Beetle where you're like, you don't know color theory, do you? It's like, nope. Who cares? I've got money. Um, yeah, great, fantastic. Yeah, so, got? Uh, yeah, my final recommendation I've been reading. Uh, so, as a lot of you out there may know, especially listeners to this podcast probably know, we just got an awesome uh, trailer for Moon Knight. That's right, Moon Knight is going to get into some moon fights. Uh, you know me, I'm a long time Moon Knight stan, a Moon Knight supporter. Uh, it's nice to finally see uh, Marvel's Batman ripoff getting his uh, getting his due, and uh, Oscar Isaac is looking awesome. Um, so I picked up, I started reading the arc of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the Avengers, uh, mm-hmm. called the Age of Khonshu, which of course is the Egyptian god that gives Moon Knight his powers in some iterations of the character. Uh, so that's, it's been interesting so far. I'm a couple issues into that run. I bought the trade for that one. Uh, I believe it's volume eight. I might be mistaken on that one. Don't quote me. I'm not looking at it currently. But I'll quote you. I'm going to quote no, you. No, no. Don't do it. I've asked so politely. Um, 
but uh, I really was uh, interested to see what the heck uh, it was because it says Moon Knight, you know, versus the Avengers, basically. And I'm like, wait, how? <laughs> Moon Knight? Are you sure you got the right guy? Versus all of the Avengers. Okay. Um, but it's been super interesting so far. Of course, this ver- iteration of the Avengers includes Blade, so that's also, I'm also into it because, uh, you know, for that reason. Um nice. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to have him on the team, and uh, it's been interesting so far. It starts off with a, sort of like a one-shot um, that kind of wraps up a storyline from the previous arc, and it uh, has Tony Stark, who is stuck in the Ice Age. He has like been... You like you do? Yeah, they've... They found some weird relic in a cave, and he was, you know, transported back to the Ice Age. And uh, this was this the start. Almost, I almost was like, okay, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I spent fourteen dollars on something I really won't like because I didn't really care for that that initial thing. Especially since it's kind of you know, it's it's Tony Stark in the Ice Age. He's still Tony Stark. He still has his brilliance, but he's got the one thing of armor and. Uh, of course, he meets the uh, prehistoric Avengers, which are a thing now. Uh, we got like Starbrand, Hulk, and we got Odin, and we got an Iron Fist, and you know, like all these iterations of the characters we know and love today. But they're the uh, prehistoric versions. Oh, neat! Yeah, and they kind of uh, fight uh, Iron Man when he appears. They ruin his armor, and so he's kind of stuck in a cave. And uh, he's being tested again and again, and we re- and we find out that the person testing him is none other than Marvel's Devil, the Mephisto. And oh, uh, yeah, Tony Stark kind of um, he he's able to send himself back to the future by building an armor out of ice, which I don't quite understand that they don't really explain how he's able to shoot ice shards and stuff uh you believe that he could but the way that the art is drawn you're just like huh no come on (laughs) come on guys where are you shooting that from so it's ice huh and he's fighting mefesto and he's got an ice suit okay i mean i guess it's the ice age and that's all he's got uh but uh it's sort of it's like the temptation of tony stark is what the this little short is called and so that's it's actually done by a different artist as well i should say the whole thing there's a lot of different artists because this covers a bunch of different books but the the writer who is writing this these you know the recent arc of the avengers is uh jason aaron and uh he's done a lot of he just kind of he did sort of reinvented thor he did some amazing uh, work on Thor, so I was really interested to see what he would do with the Avengers, and um, it's uh, it's interesting. It's got so Moon Knight is super powered because it's a super moon. There you go, and so he's got yeah, extra moon. <laughs> he's got extra moon powers, and what I from what I've read so far, it's just him going around to different uh, these different sort of you know super powered heroes and stealing their powers. Uh, he's got these onks and he's absorbing their power. So he goes through, he goes, uh, he fights Iron Fist and he takes the, the, the Iron Fist power. And now he's got Iron Fist power and he fights, uh, Dr. Strange and he takes the eye of Agamotto and it's like, steals his power. 
And so he's just going around to the most powerful Avengers and just taking their crap. I think he he, uh, he beats up Thor as well. So all of a sudden, Moon Knight's just just laying waste to the Avengers with no problemo. And no one knows exactly why, but I think at the at the end of one of the issues, he reveals that he is powering, superpowering himself so he can fight the devil. Because meanwhile, Mephisto... Uh, being in current day, you know, he, you know, millions of years ago, or he was, uh, he was, or millions of years ago, that doesn't sound right. Uh, in the Ice Age, he was talking to Tony Stark, but in the current day, he is trapped in a cage. Uh, um, despite all his rage, despite all his rage, he is uh, still just trapped in uh, Doctor Strange's cage, and. Um, he, uh, he, Mephisto has is starting to put together the Avengers of Villains, which is a really interesting concept. So we're getting a team, we're getting a villain team with uh, Dracula and his okay. vampires, of course. And he owes he, and Moon Knight's really pissed because he owes him like fifteen bucks. Yep, <laughs> Moon Knight wants his money, so he's really pissed that Dracula's getting on a new team and not paying him back when he swore that he would. Uh, and then, um, uh, the Winter Guard is also on, uh, the team. And not that impressed. No, (laughs) it's a real hodgepodge that he's putting together. And, uh, well, what, oh, Namor, which I guess is a much more impressive, uh, impressive member. But, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you say, right? But yeah, they're sort of Mephisto is like disguising himself as different people and manipulating these people into coming together. And he's kind of he's using a he's using a conceit that I think a lot of other villains wish that they would have, which is to go up to other villains and be like, "Hey, you know how you hate the Avengers? There's like a bunch of other people who hate the Avengers. Why don't you guys just team up and <laughs> just like straight up murder them?" And uh, and so that's where I'm at right now. That's the kind of the uh, the setup to these stories and. Uh, as far as I can tell from what I've seen, the little peaks I've seen of the most recent solicitations, like the arc is still going. So I'm very interested to see how the the Avengers fight the devil because I think that's the, just the kind of weird escapism that I'm looking for right now. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Hopefully they give the devil his due. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's Moon Knight, so I'm down. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I grew up with Moon Knight. Like you said, it's like if I'm not reading Batman, I would want to be reading Moon Knight. Yeah, and uh, it's great to see Moon Knight just beat the bejesus out of uh, out of Iron Fist as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like finally, Danny Rand, you've met your match, your Moon match. (laughs) Exactly, match.com. This Brandy, what do you mean? That's cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, what? Let's so we'll check it out. Uh, so that's the the last on my list. So let's. Uh, uh, yeah, I will burn through these real quickly. No worry. Okay, fantastic. Let's burn through the rest of uh, your hot takes and recommendations. All right. So this the 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 initial run is over for this one, but I highly recommend it. It is called Batman the Imposter, and I really feel like this was written. Because they were like, oh, the Batman movies got delayed. Well, let's just come out with this uh, with a book that's like it, but not it. 
So it was written by Matson Tomlin and uh, drawn by uh, Andrea Sorrento, Sorrentino, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, pretty much uh, Matson Tomlin is a director and screenwriter for Project Power, Little Fish. And he teamed up with this horror artist to do this book called Batman the Imposter, which is a Batman book, but really grounded in reality. Oh, really? Even more, even more so than, um, you know, Batman conceivably would be. Like, in, he has a hook rope launcher, but, you know, it's like he's got multiple versions of it, but, like, the real big one is, like, a two-handed rifle thing you can shoot that gets to the top of the roof versus one that might get him just to like a fire escape um but this batman has spent his time in gotham setting up zip lines setting up <laughs> okay. escape locations sure. like you know where he has his motorcycles and stuff like that um just kind of hidden and cached through gotham um it takes place after uh, Commissioner Gordon is fired from the job for supporting Batman. Okay. Um, like unofficially, so he's supporting there. Uh, this Batman doesn't have his Alfred. Alfred quit um, like years prior. And so his relationship's really with um, uh, Dr. Thompson, um, who was like kind of supporting him as a kid with his psychiatric, like his his hate and his anger for what happened and um, was supporting him there. And then they kind of have like this doctor, you know, like this relationship where she's like, look, you got to come to me every morning after you're done patrolling because this isn't healthy. I know you're Batman, but you shouldn't be doing this, whatever. But the thing is he's out there because there's another person dressed as Batman. That's just blowing people away. Ah, the, thus the imposter angle. Yeah, so he is uh, spending time trying to figure out who the imposter is because, you know, they're using his name, you know, and so people are, you know, obviously in heightened alert because everyone thinks it is Batman, and that Batman looks dangerous as shit, I tell you what, when you see him. It's, it's not like... He might be wearing hockey pants, but he's going to fuck you up. Like, <laughs> yeah. like pretty scary. And then there's um, a whole other, there's a detective in there that's also obviously trying to track him down. A really cool take on Bruce Wayne. Uh, you know, like his injuries fucking hurt. So he is, you know, when he gets fucked up, he gets fucked up. And um, it's, it's honestly, visually, it's some panels are kind of hard to read just because of how they were designed, but very artistic writing's really good in it. I, I, I would definitely recommend like, if you can find the collected set of this one to pick it up, I think it's an easy buy. Awesome. It sounds really good. Yep. And then finally I will end with the last one, which is also another DC book. I'm a, I, I've, I notice I'm a lot more into their black label line as of late. Oh yeah. Which is their little, like their, nod to vertigo comics kind of so okay a little more adult adult, but not crazy more adulty if you will and that is tom king's and greg smallwood run of the human target oh are you familiar with that character yeah yeah for those who aren't 
the human target is a guy who for amount of money, if he knows you're in danger, will dress up like you to stop whoever <laughs> literally in, become a human target. He becomes a human target. And the story starts out with he's dying and he's trying to, he has 12 days to figure out, uh, who, who poisoned him before he dies. So I imagine there'll probably be 12 comics. <laughs> That's the way I would do it. And um, it is beautifully drawn. I really love the style. It's got it's a it's got a very cool like um, color palette. Usually three tones for most of the panels, kind of depending on who's in the panel. Like there's one with Green Lantern. They're up to issue three now. So whenever you see like Guy Gardner, Green Lantern in there, it's a lot more dominated by green. Sure. When he's active, it's like yellow. It's it's awesome. It's got a great noir touch because he was impersonating Lex Luthor and someone was trying to poison Lex Luthor and that's how he was poisoned. Um, so he's, like I said, he's trying to figure out who did it. It is it is a who's done it. So he's going through kind of like these old uh, different heroes who might have turned, visiting um, Booster Gold. You know, and this Booster Gold really reminds me of the JLI run, kind of like the old school funny Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give away too much because it is very expertly written. Tom King has uh, written some Batman books too. He's like an ex CIA agent or something. I love Tom King's books. Yeah, but his main thing is he has, um, like I said, for me, this really hits a soft noir feel. And you, you know all how I feel about that. And sure, yeah. Like murder, mystery, the fact that he doesn't have any powers. He's just, you know, a really polished individual. And like I said, it is beautifully drawn. If you're able to pick them up, I, I they're a lot of fun. Um, highly recommend it. Human target. Human target. The the not not to be not that there was an old human target series, right? Yeah, there's even like yeah, there wasn't there. They, didn't they do a TV show too? There was. There was a TV show yeah. too. None of that. No, no. Yeah, none of that. No, this is. I I I want to use kind of pop art look to it, but I am no artist, so I'll let you be the designer of that one. I mean, you, you know, you know better than I will. Yeah, I mean, it has. I think that kind of minimalist quality that you're talking about is just uh, is just so great. Whenever you can get a book that is the, like that is well done in that regard, not like. Do you remember that uh, it was like Captain America Blue? Do you remember the? I think it was called Captain yes. America Blue. That was kind of like mm. <laughs> the pop art of there. Like, okay, you tried something. Uh, yeah, but no, this, this sounds is, good. Yeah, this is it's very striking. Um, like I said, I really love the choice of color. That's the, and the covers are just like they're 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 like the main draw. When I saw it, I was like. Mm. The human target. Fuck that. Oh, okay. I'll check it out. Why not? Yeah. I've read some Tom King stuff before. So, it, you know, it was easy enough to say, okay, I'll, I'll, let me check it out. It's like a 70s comic. If 70s comics were good, they looked great. Yes. 
Yes, that's it. That's a good wreck. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about that book. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I think that's a heck of a one to end on because I, you know, I think that's one I will pick up. To be honest, um, uh, I'm taking some looks at it right now. And my God, it does did look see, gorgeous. Did you see the first? Did you look at book one? Oh, I'm just looking at some images on Google, if I'm honest. But I saw the. Um, I saw the what looks like the cover of the the first one and and uh, just fantastic. I love all the fists of all the different heroes and the yeah, it's the sort of magenta and purple target is fantastic and yeah, I mean it has that uh, kind of old spy feel that I know you're a fan of and um, uh, I mean it's just it's you can, there's so many um, there's so many books you can buy that have that very generic, glossy comic uh, look to them. And mm-hmm. that's almost always a turnoff to me. Like, I, I definitely prefer something that looks like this. So this is, uh, I think, on looks alone. I, I I haven't read it, but I'd say go ahead and pick it up. It's, it's like I said, a lot of fun, great story. I, I, I Knows the characters well enough where I don't feel like he doesn't understand them. You know, a lot of times, sometimes you'll be reading comics. You're like, you don't really know this That's character. not You've what never... Guy Gardner sounds like. Yeah, he's not very nice. Why is this guy nice? No, this Guy Gardner's like, yeah, it's fucking Guy, all right. All right, well, you figured it out. You. <laughs> you know, and then Ice and everything. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, this would be one that i kind of wish they would turn this like you turn this run into a tv series like a, a limited series be a really good um i'd watch the shit out of that yeah come on uh come on dc you got your uh you got your hbo max now it's time to start following in marvel's footsteps once again and uh giving us some high quality high production uh tv shows that are not Produced by Greg Berlanti. <laughs> no, it'll probably be bow, bow. <laughs> the human target. Bow, bow. <laughs> fuck. I'm Stephen Amdahl. The human target. Fuck. I'm dying. Fuck, this hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we literally had an F bomb counter when we would watch Titans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we never. Yeah, like one. I hit 19 in one episode. Ah, uh, man. And, I watched the whole first season of Titans, and I'm like, I'm good for my whole yeah. life watching any more of this garbage. Yeah, I'm good. Bow, bow. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, that's going to do it for us today. I hope all of you out there enjoyed our episode about comic books. Uh, and we'll, like we said, we'll be doing this every month, so tune in next month. I mean, watch. I mean, listen to the shows in between. Don't neglect listening to the other shows. They're gonna be good. But we'll be coming back next month with a new, fresh batch of comics to tell you about, and uh, hopefully that you can find some ones in there that you want to check out if you're getting into it. And then if you're into comics, maybe you'll just be mad at us for our opinions. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but uh, that's gonna do it for us for this week. So let's get into those uh, juicy acknowledgments. Uh, first up, as always, we're going to thank Burton M6 for our incredible theme song. Check out the link to his Fiverr page in our show notes. 
And if you would like to support the ongoing production of this podcast, the most important thing you can do is tell a friend. The more people we get listening to this podcast, the more likely it is we can monetize it. We can make our money back, and what a great uh, motivator that will be to continue. I mean, we're going to make it anyway. I shouldn't be saying this because this like takes all of your you listener your incentive off the table. Spoiler alert: We're probably gonna do it anyway, but it would be great if you could tell a friend. And if you would like to buy some of our uh, delightful merch, there is a link in our show notes for that as well. Would you like to be part of the conversation? Would you like to join the pop sagaists and pop saga tears and all the rest of the people that who don't comment on our social media? <laughs> you too could be passively liking the things that we put up. Or telling us to advertise somewhere else. And, uh, hey, we got one real comment, though. So I, I'm very happy about that. Um, and it was about Bob. <laughs> it was about Book of Boba Fett. So uh, we, can, we can see our opinions, our takes are really resonating with the audience out there. Um, but uh, you can always uh, check those out. They are at the Pop Saga on Instagram, on Twitter. And if you would like to email us, you can do that. ThePopSaga at gmail.com is the address you will use. Uh, so, as we like to say at the end of every show, wherever you are, however you are listening to this show, we hope that you are happy, we hope that you are healthy, and we'll see you next week. Remember, folks, go help out those local comic book stores. Go pick up a couple issues. No funny business here. Only funny books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style, we so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver Ain't no doubt we gotcha, this is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle Welcome to the nerd life, Pop Saga